Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of Witches on the Couch. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Nikki and I am a witch. Hi, I'm your other host. My name is Jade and I am also a witch. Uh, we're having a bit of a weird evening. We're planning to try to do a Disney trip at the moment. So we're really thrilled and I'm really hyped, which means um, we've been talking for like hours before we start recording. So congrats, everyone. It's one of those nights. We shall soldier on <laughs> as we continue with, I almost just said Motherland Fort Salem. Holy cow. God, never. <laughs> the Secret Circle, the one and only season. But we're on episode 21 of 22. Holy cow, I can't believe we're almost there. So close, my God. Uh, this episode is named Prom. I wonder what's going to happen in this episode. Uh, hmm. Homecoming? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, right off the bat, we were discussing this a little bit before we started recording. I was like, save it for the recording. Um, I thought it was me. I thought I was the negative Nelly, as I tend to be. Yeah, this episode's not good. <laughs> As I, I think I literally said this earlier, stuff happens, but stuff doesn't happen. But nothing happens. It's like the weird, I don't know how they achieved it, honestly. We have one episode left in this entire series. In, in their minds, the season. Like, how are they accomplishing this amount of nothing occurring? It, it, baffles the mind like I I was halfway through this episode and like I was running late doing other things I was also cooking but then I literally stopped to start looking at Disney stuff because we're planning our Disney trip and I just didn't want to continue anymore that was like the first time that happened where I was like oh right I guess I should be watching this episode same actually I was uh I think literally almost halfway got distracted for like an hour with our Disney stuff. My husband comes in like, you're still watching this. And I was like, I had to take a break. I accidentally took a break. I don't know why this episode required an intermission, but it 100% did. And that's so sad. See how it's 40, like 45 minutes. Like there's no reason for that. I also just want to put one more note in. There's no reason for it to have bugged me this much, but my God, did it bug me. As we've noted, you usually watch the episode with subtitles. I usually don't. I had subtitles on from the last time we watched the episode because I was like missing certain words and phrases because they were like mumbling them. And with the subtitles still on, I noted because it was driving me up the fucking wall that the credits, like the credits of just the names of people involved in the episode, which will keep showing up on the goddamn screen, continue until the 10 minute mark. Oh. There is no reason for that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice that. I only noticed it because my subtitles kept like overlapping the names. So there was like certain words that just like were hard for my brain to read because it was like a word on top of three words. And I was like, oh, I bet these credits will end soon. No, they're not. They're going to continue for a fourth of the episode. Have a good time. Like, (sighs) All right. You know what? Let's just get into this. So if you recall from the end of last episode, big reveal, our big bad was Nick at the theme park. Dun, dun, dun. 
gasp. So this episode starts up with almost the whole circle. I don't think Diana's there, but I think everybody else is there. I didn't pay too much attention. Didn't care that much. Anywho, Jake. Diana is there. Diana is there. Okay. Sorry. Because she leaves at some point. That's right. Yeah. There's a lot of scenes in this where it's like the circle, the whole circle, but it's not actually the whole circle. Mm -hmm. So. Jake swears, though, to the circle that that was Nick. Um, they have a little back and forth. Like, Melissa's obviously devastated. Um, bottom line, maybe di- Nick did die, but this is just the demon wearing his skin suit. It's probably the most likely answer. They are going what to do. Do we save Nick? Has Melissa really wants? He's still in there. And then it seems like anyone else who's talking is, no, we just gotta... We gotta, we gotta put the boy down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Burn and salt the body. It's like a terrible conversation. Yeah. But then as people are leaving... Uh, oh, Jake also just shouts randomly and it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> Sorry, I just was like, I was barely paying attention and then Jake's like, you don't know him! And I was like, what the fuck? Like, oh, Yeah, I didn't even note it down because I feel like he kind of does that anyway because it's tied in with his temper tantrum so yeah eh? jake just throws a tantrum where he gets so loud and i was just like jake whoa like it was oh my god it was terrible um i don't know we can talk about this later continue (laughs) thank you so everyone's leaving john snags diana She, she rejects the hell out of him uh it was we smooth. love Diana. She stood her ground. I liked it. Yes. We love so, a Diana. <laughs> uh, she doesn't trust him anymore than she did before. Tells that straight to Cassie and to John Blackwell. Uh, after Diana leaves, Cass comes back with, you know, she's still just adjusting. It took me mad, a while Diana. to understand you too. <laughs> Uh, John, of course, cuts right to the point of, well, we need her to assemble the skull. She's got the power. We need the power. I do Uh, like as you're like, oh, Diana just shuts him down legitimately in my note. I say, John approaches Diana wanting to talk to her as everyone leaves. Diana's a nah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's a good way. So Cassie and John, uh, together they can find the last crystal. Because, yeah, it's in the high school. It's been uncloaked. And guess what? Cassie's blood can lead them straight to it somehow. But, you know, whatever. It's cool. They are very fast and loose with blood magic in this episode. Yeah. I, I don't really understand it because he's like, oh, just use your blood. Like, you used to have to draw this little sigil in the school and it'll draw you right to it. And Cassie's like, that's it? I don't have to, like, say any words or doing an enchantment? I'm like, no, Cassie, you just have to cut yourself open and bleed on it. Thank goodness. I was scared you'd have to speak. <laughs> it doesn't technically count as using her magic, though, so she's fine. 
Cassie. And of course, we cut over then. The next part is Cassie's at the high school using her blood to draw the sigil and find the crystal. I did not expect this to be this immediate when it was then just like, and Cassie does it. I was like, oh. Right, me too. <laughs> um, apparently, uh, it causes, this is going to be a night of blood ums for me, I guess. Driving myself nuts already. This whole episode is kind of an um. <laughs> so Cassie sees young Amelia looking for young Elizabeth. In case you don't remember, that's Diana's mom. It's the uh, like the psychic imprint of the crystal. This is what she's tapping into to find the crystal. Cuts over then to Cassie's at Diana's convincing her to help her see the past and find the crystal. Swears up and down, no, it's no dark magic. You can stick to your I don't remember the phrase she said. Moral it's cute. code or something yeah, like some, that. You can stick to your guns. It's only your blood. Just come bleed with me. It's cool. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. I just want you to, you know, like cut yourself open in front of me. I don't understand why you're freaking out. No big deal. <laughs> so they decide that, oh, conveniently, tomorrow's prom. So let's, while everybody is there, it's not going to be weird for us to be at the school together and we can just sneak off draw the sigil figure it out win win their justification for this baffled me i'm not gonna like i'm making a face in the background which is why we just went like dead quiet for five seconds is like Cassie's like, thank God tomorrow's prom where everyone will be there, but not worry about us so we can sneak off and do this. I'm like, Cassie, you just broke into the school. Like, it doesn't seem hard to break into the school. Do it any other time, like any other night when there's not witnesses wandering about. But no, that's not how Cassie rolls. That could possibly be too easy. Cassie likes a challenge. Yes, we, so Diana agrees to do this stupid plan. It is a stupid plan. But we cut away to Faye and Jake, who, guess what, are in the only place Jake can exist in his house, Jake's bedroom. <laughs> they march in. Uh, Jake is still, like, fuming and anger-filled from their conversation earlier about Nick where Melissa's like, I think we can save him. And Jake was like, no, I'll put him down myself. And it was like, okay, Jake, let's chill. Um, so Jake's still in that attitude and Faye kind of just calls him out for being terrible, where she's like, you can't say stuff like that to Melissa. You were god awful to her. And he's like, I'll do what I want. I'll say what I want. I'm gonna handle this myself. And basically, I have to kind of, like, give Faye credit a lot of this episode. I think it's, like, misput. But she does try to do some very healthy things. So Faye calls out Jake very effectively of saying, hey, I know that we don't talk. That's not our thing. We have problems, and we tend to just not talk about them. But this is one of those times where I feel like we need to talk about this. Because if we don't, this is going to end terribly. And Jake's like, I don't need to talk about it. And then he pulls out a knife. 
just, you know, the most normal thing in the world. And it's not like, you know, pocket knife. No. I love that face. Like, well, what are you doing there, Rambo? It's, a, it's like, it's a noise. It's a full house knife. Yeah, it's, and Jake's just like, I need it for protection when Nick eventually comes. So basically... Jake pulls off this knife because he's like, I'm going to use it to murder what's left of my brother. And you need to get over yourself so I can do this. And it's just a a terrible time. Jake's a terrible person. I think he's supposed to seem tortured, but it doesn't work. I'm just, it, it doesn't work this time. Cut away from this. I will say this episode did give me a bit of a motherland fort Salem like bts like there's so many tiny scenes it's just so many like and now we're at a new location and i was like oh god where are we and so we cut away from uh jake and jake being terrible and faye trying to be healthy to diana at her house with charles uh charles asks where she was last night because like he made grilled cheese sandwiches it's cute charles is adorable And Diana lies and says that she was working on a project with Cassie. They have a report coming up and they were working on it all last night. Charles gifts then Diana this like, it's like a, I I wasn't quite sure. I didn't see it fully clearly. It's like a gold rose pendant necklace. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure if it was a gold rose or if I just like made that up. Um, and he says that this was her mother's and because prom's coming up, Diana could wear it to prom and it would be so cute. And Diana's just, you know, very touched by this. Uh, Charles then offers to drive her to school saying he has an early morning meeting, so it doesn't matter anyway. And she's like, I know you don't have a meeting, but I'll take you up on the ride because you're trying really hard right now. That was super cute. So cute. Oh my God. I love them so much. And like, Charles looks like touched. He's like, I'm going to drive my daughter to school. It's like, oh, you too. I love them so much. Uh, but we cut away from this beautiful, happy moment to Cassie and Adam at the high school. Cassie is just kind of like catching Adam up on what they're doing. Cassie's going to do that a lot this episode, by the way. Anytime Cassie runs into Adam, it's going to be like, Adam, here's what you missed. And that's going to be like every one of their interactions. So she's telling him about how she did the weird little blood sigil and she saw her mom, yada, yada. And how what they should do is that they're going to do this all over again with Diana and her, but then they'll have the full circle and we're going to do it at prom now. And Adam's like, okay. And I was like, why? Why do you need them there? This is so stupid. Just in case. Just in case. Uh, Adam seems kind of into it though. Faye and Melissa break onto the scene, interjecting with how Faye is also going to prom with Jake. There is like a cute little like back and forth where Faye is obviously kind of embarrassed about this fact where Melissa's like, oh yeah, well, they were supposed to go to prom like two years ago, but that didn't happen. And Faye's like, shut up. It's cute. And I liked it. Um, But yeah, Faye and Jake are supposed to go to prom together anyway. And Faye's a little disappointed that now Cassie is making this like a witch circle event 
when she really wants to do prom with like a limo and champagne and like do actually prom but now she's like on weird like circle guard duty because cassie wants to do a blood sigil and i think that's fair i think that is a fair complaint given the situation um cut to charles dropping diana off at school it's cute it's adorable uh dawn's there at the drop-off circle and she kind of leans into the car to chat with uh charles while he's there they rediscuss basically how they just like don't trust john and how like he can't put together the crystal skull because he's like the worst human being they've ever met so him having that kind of power is just kind of out of the question and then Dawn says that she's going to start chatting with John some more because he seems to have some trust in her after she, like, air quotes, convinced Charles to stay. And she can try to get, like, further information and a, more of a lead into what's going to happen. And, yeah, I kind of like them as, uh, again, Team Rocket spies. I like it when they get to be Team Rocket and nothing they really do has major impact, but it's, like, fun yeah that that's when i think i like these don charles team-ups um yeah I, I think that's that's about how i kind of was like again way too many scene jumps way too many scene jumps but i i'm enjoying that like charles and don are allies again weirdly even though i kind of hate don i kind of like this team up i don't know why like you said it's just it's fun mm-hmm it's a lot more easygoing than what the rest of the episode tends to be. Yeah. Oh, God. The rest of this episode is like, again, Jake is never going to, to like, take the stick out of his ass. <sighs> Anywho. I think, okay, so, like, I was thinking about this during this episode where I came to this conclusion. I think they were trying to, at the beginning, I'm going to talk about Jake. Sorry, everyone make Jake kind of like a Spike character from like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But here's the distinct difference. Wait, hold on. If people don't get that reference, we can't be friends. Leave this podcast. No, don't leave. Go watch (laughs) Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, But the main difference was like Spike was such a like fan favorite character in Buffy the Vampire Slayer because he's so much fun. There was just like so much fun to be had between him like being like captured by them and not being able to bite people and just him being jokesy and being like, this is stupid. I want to be here. And they were like, okay, Spike, go stand guard. And he was like, okay, not because you told me to. I'm going to do it. That it was, was like, it felt like the fun. cute dits, but yeah. It wasn't. Yeah, he was kind of like the himbo before a himbo was a thing yeah (laughs) and that's like the best way i could describe it but like a bit of the bad boy edge it was a himbo bad boy and it was great and i think that's like what they wanted jake to be but jake's just not fun like there's never a point where i'm like oh i'm glad jake's here to lighten the mood like no like jake needs to freaking take a chill pill for 20 seconds to crack a joke like ah. It's just, it. I came to that conclusion weirdly in this episode. I don't know why. Probably because I was bored. So I was thinking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Congratulations. Eh, the, the mind does what it wants. Well, then the show cuts over to Old House. Oh my God, Nick's there. And 
he needs Melissa's help for the crystal. Uh, he doesn't look like himself, but Melissa still is acting like he's in there. He just kind of looks like crap. He looks like very like I I, I don't know how like going through withdrawals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like his eyes just seem not even like his bags under his eyes or anything like that. He just like his eyes seem very black and blank. I will also say, just for this show, because I feel like I need to note it, like I said, at the beginning of this, like, entire adventure of us going into the secret circle, I never really knew what to do with Nick, and I didn't really like him with Melissa, but I was kind of sad when he died. I do think seeing Nick in this episode, like, in this state, he's a good actor. I'm going to give him that. I think he pulled off this kind of craziness very well. Okay, I'd say it's mostly due to lighting and the fact that he's just literally got to make, like, some snarls and run away. But okay. I'm, I'm going to give a compliment. A rare compliment. This is amazing. Congratulations, even though I don't agree. Anywho. Uh, it doesn't seem like he realizes it's actually Melissa, though. And he doesn't seem to know where he is kind of weird kind of on the edge Melissa's coming at him like he's a baby animal a wounded baby animal and she's trying to calm him down and make him see that she'll help him like make a connection she's trying to connect with him in this high stakes situation but he only wants the crystal and then, of course, when Adam comes in, he startles and runs away. And, like, pushes Melissa to a table or something. Oh, yeah. And she falls. Yeah. She's fine. She is fine, but it's scary. Oh, no. She could have been hurt. Cuts over. Again. Quick cuts. John is quite upset that Diana will not work with him. Uh, he's talking with Don. So Don reminds him so he goes on and on charles is and unhinged wants, yeah. sorry not charles sorry i oh. love charles let me be nice charles john is unhinged yes but he blames charles as like it's all charles's fault that diana's not automatically on john's side not doing the cassie yeah it's insane yeah that's He's just nuts. the simplest way to put it so he wants to like do something to charles like oh if i get him out of the picture diana's obviously gonna come running to me because that makes sense and don reminds him that hey john you'll be the first suspect if literally anything happens to charles because hey remember that big old fight you guys had in the middle of the coffee shop when charles fucking played you yeah fucking loved it that was an iconic scene iconic i love that scene i love charles Anywho, the rest of the scene boils down to John has blackmail against Charles, so he won't have to do anything to him. He can use this blackmail. They'll definitely all work out the way John wants it to. Cuts over to the whole group. Uh, I mean, sorry, most of the group is at the old house. So Jake ran off looking for Nick after, obviously, Adam and Melissa said that he was there. So we have Faye drinking some champagne because she said she was gonna before prom. 
even if they don't have a limo. I love Faye here. Faye's just trying so hard right now to just have a good night. Yes. Jay comes back, didn't find Nick. Melissa swears he was in there. It's just basically everyone else says, no, he's too wild. It's not him. He's not in there. It's just a, essentially it's a meat suit. And then we cut away yet again. Yeah, they just argue about it. It's like a weird argument and it's kind of boring. And then we continue. So now Diana and Cassie are at the coffee shop getting coffee, joking around that this is not how prom is supposed to be, but you know, whatever. And who's there but Grant? I love Grant. (laughs) Who like seems to have noticed that Diana walked in, but is trying very hard to ignore the fact that Diana walked in. He's like, I have a newspaper. Yeah. That's Uh, all he has a full on book, fun fact for you. But oh my god, I love it. Um, so Diana does walk over there and talk to him, and no, we can't go to dinner. I've got prom. I'm dressed up fancy, you see. Okay, I I, I need to interject, because this is the one part of the episode that made me really happy, is when she walks up to Grant, she's like, you're back, no phone call, I see. And he goes, I'm avoiding you. At a place I attend regularly that you're aware of, I'm really bad at it. (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh grant (laughs) we love you baby boy (laughs) i didn't appreciate the line when i first watched it but i guess now that i'm well into my drink it really goes over quite well it's it's cute it's a good little like yeah i know like i'm terrible at it (laughs) oopsie oops and like it's a cute little joke between them so i liked it it is cute it's well received and it made me go oh you too like plus i'm rooting for those two crazy kids so yeah no dinner but uh hey maybe you could come by my house after the dance I swear I will ditch out. I'll save the last dance for you. It's cute. I agree. It's super cute because also like Grant's like, I you're not going to like prom with anyone? And she's like, no, no, God, no. And he's like, what's wrong with this town? Like, I was like, oh, Grant, you're so smooth. Like, it's cute. I liked it. I'm also pleased. I know this is stupid, but this did please me in this episode. I need to look for some things to like. That it's prom and all the girls are wearing mostly long dresses. And that is common. That is a common kind of high school thing that at homecoming you wear a short dress. If you decide to wear a dress again, you don't have to. Um, but if you're deciding to wear a dress to prom, homecoming you wear a short dress, prom you wear a long dress. That is just, that's how it works. I don't know why, but so many shows don't get that right and it bugs me. Was Diana actually wearing a long dress? It is a floor-length red dress. Okay. Yes. I don't know. For some reason, I was thinking it was only a short one, but... Nope. I thought it was anyway. short at first, too, because it's, like, strapless and kind of has that, like, um, ruching on the top, mm-hmm. where I was like, oh, no, they put her in a homecoming dress. But it is floor-length. It's actually... It made me think of you. It was, like, an empire waist red dress. And I was like, oh, Jade would wear that. I would. Yeah. I, I thought that, too, when she, like pulls open her coat to show Grant that she's wearing a fancy outfit, but I still didn't realize 
it was long. But yes, I agree. Because there's just something about long dresses that is a little bit more formal. And that's just, that's the vibe that prom aims for. Even I know for a fact that that doesn't last long on the dance floor or anything like that. It Again, it's kind of stupid in society. And I'm like, kind of like, I know it's stupid, but it's like a common thing that I feel like it's relatable. It's kind of like how at a nice wedding, you will probably wear like a knee length dress or skirt or like a some um like dress up pants and a collared shirt but at a black tie wedding you wear like a tie and a jacket or a floor length skirt slash dress it's stupid but these are how we differentiate these stupid things centuries old traditions yep i say this because apparently that happened to my friend recently where they were not told it was black tie they were told to dress nice i feel very bad for them yep (laughs) they still looked amazing don't get me wrong my friend is gorgeous but like the rest of the friend group was talking about it where we were like oh like it's it wasn't her fault they were just informed wrong and so we were blaming the other party. We were like, how dare they not tell her? Like, So I, I don't know. It all came rushing back in this like random episode where I was like, oh, I'm glad they have long dresses. Like they, they nailed the weird high school culture of prom. Good job, everyone. So we cut to Charles, who's been, uh, this kind of happened earlier. After John left uh, Don's on his weird, like, I'm insane tangent. Don's been trying to get a hold of Charles to basically be like, yo, you're in the crosshairs, like something is up. And so Charles is getting a phone call on his cell phone. He answers it and it's like a magic phone call. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. It just is where it's, like Cassie's phone call when she was calling Amelia the night Amelia got murdered by Charles. Yeah, at the very beginning of Ye- this whole thing. Of this whole thing. It, but it's, again, it's like, it's magical. So it's like intercut with like weird like magic sounds. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, so yeah, Charles gets that weird phone call. It's disturbing. He hangs up. We move on. We're at prom. Everyone goes to prom. They look nice. I would not say there's any outfit I need to call out in particular, like I've done in the past for certain events. Everyone looks fine. And that's where we're going to leave it. Uh, Basically, they're just going to try to find this crystal and get this over with. Yay, prom. Well, I do like that they, like, they... They all come in, they're in a line, like they're about to f- go to war. To a flash dance. <laughs> yeah. And they're all just sort of musing together, like, oh, I can't believe we came to prom together. Because at the beginning of the year, literally none of them would have thought they'd be in this position they are right now. And then, they, yeah, they split to find the crystal. Split to find the crystal. We cut to Dawn, who's apparently uh, chaperoning prom. She's there. And she's trying to call Charles, but every time Charles picks up, he gets that weird magic phone call and like, she can't hear him and he can't hear her. So it's, it's problematic. 
And then we see in this cut that like Charles, as he's getting these weird phone calls, is that John is outside Charles' house because he's like definitely the one fucking with him. And then he starts basically replicating uh, what happened to Amelia the night she died, where like the sink starts overflowing, then the burners turn on, then things start lighting on fire. But it's all in Charles' head. Like, it's this isn't actually happening in the house. He's just fucking with him really hard. So Charles is on the floor being psychologically tortured, more or less. Cut back to Cassie and Diana at prom, because nothing says psychological torture like a fun night at prom. And basically, Cassie talks Diana into doing the weird little blood sigil, because it's just some blood, Diana. I don't know why you're being so weird about it. God. Uh, then they try to cast the spell. It's not working. Cassie immediately gets pissed. It's like, why aren't you focusing? Why aren't you working hard enough? This is obviously your fault. It worked before. And Diana's like, maybe we're just not connected right. And Cassie's like, I don't think so. I think I know how this would go. So Diana, in a huff, like grabs Cassie's hand. And then the spell works. Because guess what, Cassie? You're a bitch. Oh. And we get to do a fun, like, back in time. I'm sorry, how'd that sound go again? Uh, <laughs> it's copywritten. Because uh, <laughs> uh, time travel episodes have worked so well for us in the past. We get to have another one. Yay. Yay. So it's Diana and Cassie observing the psychic stamp of the crystal. That is how this is going to be justified. Mm-hmm. And it's nonsensical, but here we go. So Amelia is there and she's running down the hallway yelling for Elizabeth. Elizabeth shockingly is at her locker. They are both students still at this school. I told you it was like 14 year old babies. It's disgusting. Like it, 15 at the most. I, I don't mean it's disgusting, like, oh my god, how dare they? Like, I understand teen pregnancy and teen parenthood is a thing. I've just never seen it done on this massive scale in media, where I was just like, this is disconcerting. Yeah, man. Um, you know, if you're a teen parent, good on you. It, it it's it's a it's lot of rough. work. It's a lot of work. Um I, I don't really I've never was one, so I feel like I can't really be like I mean, oh, neither was I. I'm yeah. Just- good enough friends with one yeah we we were friends with a teen parent but like i don't know i feel like we can't weigh in too heavily on the subject but seeing it on this insanity of a scale is like what the fuck is going on here um so yeah apparently elizabeth is still a student at the school she's still in high school and so is amelia because this is elizabeth locker it is decorated with her name fun times uh and Amelia goes running up to Elizabeth and basically tells Elizabeth not to go to the ferry tonight she says something's gonna happen I can't tell you everything but you need to get Diana and you gotta get the fuck out of here and that's kind of where we cut away to crazy looking Nick stalking the streets of New York no I'm kidding um 
and like some like random other teenagers are like hey you want to like hang out with us and he's like no leave me alone um he likes this like stoner group was like hey join us like yeah you want to get high with us and i was like you know it could do him some good but um (laughs) but nick's like over it so he starts breaking into the high school by which i mean he like breaks through the window of one of the doors there's a security guard there nick grabs him breaks his neck and goes into the high school ultra dramatic it didn't realize it was nick for until actually about the time he got to the door like with the druggies i was just like who the fuck is this i didn't realize it was the high school for a long time i was like what is he breaking into jail what's going on here like what are we doing uh yeah it was a student music poster Mm -hmm. on the background that made me realize it was the high school but this is like after he broke in so yeah it was a really weird scene and super unnecessary if nick had just shown up at the high school i would have accepted it we didn't need to see this like this could have been left on the cutting room floor gotta show he's depraved and whatnot how crazy nick is so then we cut back to the vision we'll say (sighs) so amelia's now going on John's not what we thought he was. Never should have trusted him. Basically going on how he's a piece of shit. And very similar to what Diana's done to Kathy. Um, Elizabeth goes off on Amelia like, are you kidding me? He's here because of you. You argued for him. You trusted him. We trust you. We're now fucked because you... Like, Elizabeth's not wrong. Yeah. And the fact that, like, apparently, Amelia just always has to be in the lead. So. And then, (laughs) I wasn't expecting it, so it was actually kind of good. Because Elizabeth is just laying into Amelia and then tries to walk away, and Amelia's like, well, I know Diana's actually John's kid. Oh, snap. We're going to have this discussion now. Oh, fuck yeah this is actually when i started hating elizabeth was her her defense of the situation yeah okay i didn't write it all down didn't pay quite enough attention except for the fact that she she hates john but she'd do it all over again because she treasures diana that much she loves the fact that she has diana from her cheating Amelia regrets getting John into the circle, basically, but Elizabeth comes back with, bottom line, she's going to protect her family her own way and is done listening to Amelia, which sounds kind of stupid, and then lo and behold, turns out it is stupid. So Elizabeth walks off, and she, like, just disappears, and Diana tries to follow. It can't, because she disappears. Cassie then comes back with no, this is all just the psychic imprint of the crystal. So she left the crystal. She's gone. We have to follow my mom. Which you can see flicker across Diana's face that she's not happy with that. Yeah, this isn't like the last psychic thing we did where you could do whatever the fuck you wanted. This one apparently has rules. (laughs) Funny. How convenient. Cuts away, though to uh, Melissa and Adam are guarding the doorway. So 
Cassie and Diana are just in like a classroom. Adam and Melissa are in the hallway guarding the door. Melissa's sad that the circle will never have like a normal happy life because a couple like walks past and they're all lovey-dovey and cutesy-woosy, whatever. <sighs> so they'll never have a normal happy life because literally all they ever do is circle stuff. It's always just the interchange of this one single group. Adam, no, it's not so bad. They focus on the speaker. It starts playing music from the dance. Oh, they focus on the lights. It gets all dim and romantic. And they start dancing in the hallway. And it is actually kind of cute. I think this was supposed to be romantic, but did not come off as romantic to me. It came off as sweet. Yeah, I don't think it was supposed to be romantic. I think it's just the friendliness of yeah it. it was nice of him to try to but give it's her still definitely like, like mood lighting as much as you could do for yeah i think at this point the writers were trying to float to see how we'd respond to like an adam melissa pairing and i can only assume the reception wasn't great um because i'm not receiving it great i like adam and melissa don't get me wrong i think they're really good together but I think they're really good together in this like weird like sibling relationship they seem to have where it's very much like he's like oh don't be sad like see we can still have some normality like even though Melissa's completely right the more I look at the show and the circle is it just it looks like it sucks to be part of the circle yeah man which we've gone over before because Diana is so sick of it. Also she's wants trying to leave. To leave. Yeah. Like Melissa and Diana want to leave. And even Faye this episode is like, God, I wish we weren't doing this. And Faye is usually the most gun ho. So the second you start like breaking that, is a, it's a bad show. <laughs> We're almost done with the series. So crazy to think about it that way. Anywho, that's away. Turns out when uh, Jake just didn't show up for their date to the prom two years ago, she waited for him for three hours before finally just, like, giving up. Faye's a better person than me. Yeah, seriously, same. Uh, so she and Jake dance. They have some cute moments. I describe Jake in, this, in these scenes as Faye wants to spend time with Jake. Jake is quiet and angry. I wrote, they have moments, capital M. And then I did the little TM with the circle afterwards. Yep. <laughs> so that was all I'm writing about it. But it boils down, their conversation boils down to what happened to Nick is not Jake's fault. That's all I care to go into Jake, on that, honestly. Jake tried kind of very lightly brings up where he's like, I walked out on Nick. So all of this is my fault. And to which I would say a little bit, um, but also, you walked out on Nick to hunt down people like Nick. Yeah, that's so, more of the issue. Yeah, Faye just reassures Jake that it wasn't his fault, that his brother got possessed, which, like, touche, it wasn't, but it doesn't make Jake a good person. Kind of no. moral of the story, I guess. Cut back to back in the past. Da -da 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 -da. The past um amelia then is like running through the school where she gets to a classroom that has an adam's grandfather in it 
who we called out earlier is like a very famous actor. Uh, but now it's played by a completely different actor. So don't worry about that. And basically, apparently she got the crystal from him and she's trying to return it because she doesn't want it anymore. She, she wants to just like ditch and get out of town. She's fucking done with this. And as she tries to return the crystal, um, Adam's grandfather is like, what, what the fuck is up with this? You, you can't leave the crystal. You can't ditch us all. Tell me what's going on. Even Ethan seems upset. I just need to know like what's happening. And Amelia basically just tells him that we're turning on John. Fuck him. We turned him into the witch hunters. This is where we're at. Um, to which the grandfather is like, that's a dangerous game you're choosing to play. And Amelia's like, yeah, you know what? And it's totally worth it. I will risk everything to murder John. <laughs> and I was like, damn, Amelia. Uh, this is where we get into possibly the darkest part of this episode, which made me so violently uncomfortable. I did not know what to do. So Amelia tells this grandfather, Adam's grandfather, that John is worth killing no matter the cost because there are six girls in Amelia's circle and all six of them are pregnant because of John. The grandfather that makes the leap I originally did, which is they're all impregnated by John. No, it's worse. John only succeeded in impregnating two of them, Amelia and Elizabeth. The other four, John magically made conceive with whoever they were fucking at the time. Yeah. John is a monster. And they, you know, they say expressly for the purpose of he, he's already planning. They're going to raise a... <laughs> grow up together and they're going to be in their own circle of which he obviously will be able to have power because he's got two kids of his dark lineage boy he's playing the long con but also john's a terrible person yeah john is just the worst of human beings like john made six girls get pregnant because he wanted it in high school that's so fucked up yeah in high school it, on top of that i know that's like doesn't make it like better or worse it just is insult to injury um yeah in certain states they're trying to make that a crime you can go to prison for that fucking shit um yeah john has no redemption in my eyes that's that's so that's so messed up and i I was so uncomfortable. I was just like, oh, we're like, we're kind of doing this. We're kind of yeah. just like casually talking about forced pregnancy now. That's fun. Like, not what I expected from the CW. And I just kind of like huddled in my chair away from it. So, yeah. Uh, cut to, sorry, we're not cutting yet. My apologies. Amelia describes all this to him and Adam's grandfather rightfully is flabbergasted by the situation because yeah, yeah, man. Uh, Amelia then says that she's just going to take Cassie and run because 
they can't stay here with John anywhere in the premises or where he might know where she is. No one is safe. Uh, That's why she's trying to return the crystal. The grandfather then says he's going to hide the crystal and he'll cloak it in the trophy case of the high school so that no one will ever find it. Just in case she needs it. Just in case she needs it, though, she'll know where to find it. And she goes, great, I'm collecting Cassie right now and we're, we're leaving town. Like, this was my last stop. And he stops her in the doorway and says, what do I tell Ethan? And she's like, tell Ethan I don't love him anymore. And he's like, that's a bold-faced lie. Like, I, he's not going to accept that. And she's like, you got to sell it. You have to tell him as many hurtful things as you can. You have to break this boy's spirit and his soul because like no one is safe as long as I have Cassie and John knows about it and yeah that's where we cut away from this vision this vision of hell yeah and I do I like Amelia's foresight but obviously like damn the chain of events that made this still happen anyway that she's taking Cassie away and she swears Cassie will know nothing about her life, just so there's no chance of the circle being bound. So it'll fall in John's favor. And then what happens? Exactly what Amelia feared. Everything By she Literally, fears. other outside circumstances all trickles down to, nah, it was meant to happen. Yeah, it's, it sucks. It sucks. It was depressing. I, I yeah. feel so bad for Amelia. I'm like, wow, she, you really tried to give up everything and it was for nothing. Like, especially because your daughter is like the head cult leader of John's circle at this point. Um, yeah, so we leave the vision. We know where the crystal is. It's in the trophy case. And we have all this terrible information about what a piece of crap John is. And this is where, God, how long have we been in this show? They break out of the vision. Cassie and Diana are staring at each other. And Cassie's like, John never loved my mother? That's what you took from this? Cassie! There were so many worse things that you observed. And she's like, I thought it was true love. He said it was. He was lying. Wow, what a surprise there. Oh my God. So Cassie realizes that John never loved Amelia and that he just used every woman he could find in the circle because John is a misogynistic piece of shit. Um, and basically Diana is like, yeah. That's exactly what I've been saying. John's been trying to use us from the second he walked into our lives. And Cassie's like, what are we supposed to do? How do we fix this? And Daya's like, okay, first things first, we get our circle together and you explain everything and apologize. And Cassie's like, why the fuck should I apologize? I'm a victim. Cassie. No. Yeah. As Diana's no. about to very rightly point out, you did the exact same thing your mom did all those years ago. Yep. Like, you are the Amelia in this situation. And honestly, like, yes, I'm not, I'm not going to be terrible to Cassie here. 
Cassie is a victim. She was manipulated, but she still then victimized many others. Mm-hmm. And you being a victim in your own right doesn't excuse you being terrible and affecting others. And that apology can go a long way. And if you're a good person and you have empathy, I feel like you would realize we were all used and I was used to use the rest of you and I should apologize for my part in that. But Cassie's not going to do that because Cassie is eternally right and a victim in Jesus (laughs) Christ on this cross. So she gets pissed at Diana and is like, I will never apologize. I am truly the one hurt here the most. And Diana's like, fuck you. I'm out. And she just leaves. And to that, I say, good job, Diana. I would leave too. Cassie's a piece of shit. And basically everyone else enters as she leaves by which I mean everyone else I mean Adam and Melissa because I think Faye and Jake are still dancing so Adam and Melissa enter where Diana leaves and then Cassie once again plays catch up because Adam's here so it's like here's what I saw here's where the crystal is here's John's been using us the whole time yada 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 and then we hear sound in the hallway. It's fucking Nick. Nick is making a break for the crystal. He makes a run for the trophy case. They go to chase him. Nick runs into Dawn as he's running through the hallways, knocking her down. She gets up, realizes it's Nick, the boy she murdered, and is like, what the fuck? Nick keeps running. Jake and Faye hear the commotion. They jump in, are like, what are we doing? And they're like, it's Nick. He's after the crystal. Now it's just a free-for-all chase like through the school. Like Scooby-Doo antics right Yeah, here. it's like, let's play some Bee Gees in the background. It's some nonsensical chasing throughout this high school. Nick makes it to the trophy cabinet first. He breaks it open using his body, grabs the crystal, makes a run for it. And they're all chasing him through the school outside into the open air. And that scene, let's see what Diana's doing. Cut to Diana. She gets home. Charles is on the floor being psychologically tortured. Our poor baby boy. Uh, Diana is originally like very good with the situation where she tries to get him off the floor and is just trying to like figure out what's going on, how he's doing. Charles immediately starts apologizing. At first, it doesn't seem like we know what for. And she says we should call a doctor or call someone to come check on you. He says not to because what's happening is meant to be or he's being haunted and he thinks it's Amelia. Diana puts the pieces together from the apologies and from what he's saying about Amelia and how he's being haunted, realizes Charles killed Amelia. He is kind of crying over it saying that Diana is the only thing he's done right and that he's made terrible decisions to try to protect her to which I say yeah Charles you have but you know what we love you so it's a point it's fine uh Diana runs out of the house having a panic attack fully understand a lot just happened to you tonight Diana and I feel like you're the only one taking it seriously She runs out on the street and kind of just starts walking in the sidewalk slash like gutter of the street. And ominously in the background, you see John is like behind her, like ready to strike. 
It's like pouring down rain and everything too. Yeah, and he's just like, aha, yes. Like, it. I was like, there's some creeper following you. And then I realized it was John. I was like, oh, it's John following you. So there is some creeper following you. And so he's ominously following her, probably about to psychologically strike to be like, see, you can't trust anyone. I'm the only one who cares. I don't know. He's a Disney villain now. But as she's kind of like zigzagging from the sidewalk into the road because she's crying, uh, she zigzags in front of a car, which honks at her, slows down and stops. And it's Grant. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. Grant gets out of the car, is like, hey, I showed up early. Are you okay? Like, were you doing wandering in the road? And she just grabs him and starts crying. And he's like, it's okay. Poor Grant has no idea what's going on. And I'm so glad he's here. Because he gets there first, we get like a quick split take to like John being like, ew, (laughs) beaten to my prize. And like, as he retreats into the night, as our our hero Grant comes in to offer emotional support, which I love and accept because I I do kind of want Grant and Diana to just run away. Like, just get out, get out, you guys, you're in a cult. Diana's in a cult. Diana's in a yes. cult. Like, get on the sailboat and just go. The captain seems nice. He'll take you. Like, oh, God. Yeah. But then it cuts away to the rest of the circle, follows Nick into a junkyard. And of course, it can't be somewhere nice, is what I think Faye says. Faye's like, why is it never a mall? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I respected that. Yeah, correct me up. Faye has some amazing one-liners in this episode. I'm not going to lie. I'm telling you, man, when they're not forcing a stupid personality on her for the sake of plot, she's actually a great character. Oh, yeah. I, I used to love Faye. I still kind of love Faye to some regard. And even she's that... Been- that actress I adore just because I grew up with her in H2O and then she was in um, Originals. The Originals. So I'm just like, oh, that, she's back. Like, I just, I'm here for that actress. But yeah. Yeah, past few episodes has been great. So, anywho, uh, they continue in the Scooby Doo style and split up the search. I said the same thing. I went, they split up Scooby Doo style. See? It's true. Two people thought of it. So uh, one of them is Jake and Faye are together. Jake is sorry that he left Faye all alone those two years ago. It's like it's meant to be cute, but it's too quick to have any impact, Mm -hmm. I think. Kind of cuts around. Nick goes to give the crystal, though, to Evan, who steps out of the shadows. Big surprise there. And I was done with the episode, so like my notes aren't super great at this point. And I forget exactly what happens, but basically it does turn out to be that, yeah, Nick's only just a demon. He's it's a demon in a meat suit. It doesn't make a lot of sense, actually. I can kind of talk about this at the end. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We'll come back to it. They so, they rush over it because they realize it made no sense in my in my opinion. No wonder why it didn't stick with me. Yeah. So then Cassie actually does use her dark magic to rip the crystal back from Nick before Evan could get it. 
Evan, though, makes her go flying away. She passes out for a few. Nick bolts. Jake chases because, you know, it feels like his duty to put him down once and for all. Old Yeller style. Yeah. Uh, Evan tries to smash Faye, Adam, and Melissa with, like, just one of the junk cars, but John Blackwell comes in and stops it. fucking nowhere. Yeah. So John and Evan fight. Cuts real quickly kind of over to Jake is fighting Nick. And he's like trying to bring Nick back. Like, hey, fight this or something like that. And then gets to the point where Jake is being choked out. Not not really. He never says anything to him. It's more or less Jake goes to kill Nick with the knife and then can't do it. Yeah, but then as he's choking... As he's being choked, he's like, he's calling out Nick's name, and I don't even remember what else he said. But then is when it seems like he's like trying to get Nick to focus, to like come forward and not be just the demon. But of course, it doesn't work. So luckily, Melissa gathers her courage and stabs Nick in the back, and he goes down. Kind of cuts back over to regrouping the group. Grabs Cassie, who doesn't have the crystal. Oh, but don't worry. John has the crystal. Thank goodness. Yay. Oh, but also, Eben took Faye. So, so John says. Yeah. Mixed bag. And then this is the very end of the episode. Yeah, basically, Eben and John fought, but we didn't see any of it. And then at the end, when we meet back up with John, Eben's gone. Faye's gone and John has the crystal and is like, they took Faye. I couldn't do anything. And it's like, we didn't see anything. Like, let's think of the shadiest thing possible. And it's probably true because that's how John operates. Right. I'm like, so you sold her 100%. Um, yeah, that's the end of the episode. And this episode was pretty terrible. <laughs> nothing really happened yeah i was definitely expecting because they kind of i feel did it in the last episode so i was still expecting it to happen this episode and what feels like now to me the motherland port salem treatment where nothing happens for so long and then like they cram everything in in the last two maybe three episodes Mm -hmm. but no they didn't they wasted an episode they decided they didn't need 22 episodes as it turns (laughs) out um yeah and no one like is immediately like what (laughs) no one immediately turns on john despite the fact everyone now knows all these terrible things about him i feel like we're gonna keep like playing this maybe he's on our side game till the end of the series well we have one episode makes me sad makes me sad um the nick thing makes absolutely no sense And I'm going to defend it as something that could have been interesting, which then it seems like at the last minute, they were like, we don't have time for this shit and decide against it because we didn't talk about in great detail in this episode, but like we, I guess we'll talk about a little bit now. Um, At the very beginning, when they're talking about Nick, how they saw Nick, how they know it was Nick, Jake makes a point of saying that Nick was carrying around photos of their family. And Melissa grasps onto this as like reason that 
Nick's still in there. And I'm going to agree with Melissa on that one. Yeah, there's no reason for a demon to carry around photos of your family. Like, there's absolutely no fucking reason. And then at the end, the reason it turns out Nick has been going for this crystal is Nick says when he first goes after Melissa, kind of, is he's dying. And there's no other clarification. But it seems like this is how I figured this out, and I could be very wrong. The reason Nick is going after these crystals for Eben is because Eben took the demon out of Nick. So Nick can't actually survive separated from the demon. So this is actually Nick. And Nick alone is dying. But then at the end, they're like, no, it was never Nick. It was always the demon. I was like, no, it doesn't make sense. Because he literally said, I need to trade this for the demon. Give it back. So, yeah, Melissa just murdered Nick. Oh, well. (laughs) But we're supposed to, like, feel like it's not? I don't really know. Like, that's what I mean where this made no sense. It feels like they backtracked the fuck out of it at the end where they were like, well, we're not going to pay for Nick to keep showing up. So... Yeah, I would love to debate this with you, but honestly, just between not catching everything in the show, because it wasn't super great. It's not super clear. That I'm... See, and I love, though, finding, like, those obscure details in it. And sometimes, like, you and I debating it can I think we come to nice conclusions I agree. not always but girl I I can't not tonight so no that's you for your explanation that helps a little bit but that's what I mean I don't even know like this was just my interpretation of the scenes of events that I saw that were then at the very end like told that like I was I was lying to myself where I was like, oh, that's that's what they're telling me. They are straight out telling me these things. And then at the end, Melissa's like, all those things I told you were lies. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I I, I don't know what happened. It, it feels very Revenge of the Sith where we had to kill off Padme and it was like she died of a broken heart where I was like, what? Okay. Did you just not want to pay her anymore? Because like, that's fine um yeah it was terrible I hate that everyone's still like putting up with John despite everything we know nothing really happened in this episode besides the fact that the circle caught up with what the viewer has known for basically 10 episodes and here we are about to finally end the secret circle thank god yeah i originally was like really sad this was one season i think when we were like in the mid of this season and i was having a good time i was like oh i don't know why this show didn't get a second season i get it now i really get it oh for sure i'm not surprised at all yeah there's also like not that much magic in the show despite the fact it literally is a witch show this was the other thing I was like, oh, I'll touch at the end. Like I said, it seems like Melissa wants to quit the circle. It seems like Diana wants to quit the circle. And it seems like Faye kind of wants to quit the circle. And they've also murdered another person of the circle. 
And this is a common trope throughout like magic TV shows. I'm going to use Charmed here as an example, where at least like once per season, one of the sisters is like, I just wish we weren't witches. And that's like a normal episode arc we go through. But the differences in Charmed, it there's a lot of episodes that show why they enjoy being witches. Like they do like fun things with their magic. Like they use it to like make coffee in the morning or to like make sure they get on time to places when they're running late and like freeze people so that they can like get through a terrible situation. It, there's a lot of like good stuff, which I feel like we're like, why do you not want to be a witch? It's so much fun. Like I wish I could freeze time or like have telekinesis or see the future of these like random people the secret circle I have no argument all these people are like I hate being a witch and I want to leave and I'm like yeah it seems terrible like you have no individual magic you have to constantly be around these people that are terrible to you if you want to do the slightest thing being a witch immediately made you a target to a bunch of serial killers, which you could have avoided your entire life if you hadn't done it. And here we are. Like, I'm like, yeah, I, I get out. Like, I, I fully believe that. And that's not what you want your audience to feel. No, especially not this far into the season. Yeah, like the fact Diana's like, I want to leave and we're like, leave this cult. It, it's bad. Like that's that's not that's not what the reaction you want. Yeah, you're spot on. That that's it though. I was like, yeah, there's nothing with Nick. And yeah, there there hasn't been enough upside or happy episodes or like just upsides to them being witches for us to support like why they do it. Because it's not even like they're helping people. That's another charmed thing is it's like, oh, we need to be witches to like save innocent people. Like they're not. They're just reacting to the fact they're in a fucking terrible situation. I have nothing to add. Like, honestly, you've you've gone over it quite well. Nothing fucking happened in this episode. Like this entire episode could have been like the first maybe 10 minutes of the next episode. I agree. That would have worked out a whole lot better. And uh, yeah, so moving on, we don't have a deep dive. There's no magic in this. We've honestly kind of exhausted a whole lot of things in which way we could connect it. Consider and- that our deep dive. If you're in a <laughs> circle like this, get the fuck out. For reals, man. The moment that the magic doesn't feel magical is a huge red flag. You don't have to stay there. There are, yeah, yeah, we've talked about this before. You've bound yourself, but there's ways to unbind yourself. There are options. Yeah. The permanent binding like they have in this show, nah. Not a thing. Not a thing. Stay healthy, my friends. That's the bottom line. I mean, you got to have your connections and your friends and everything, but your neck first. As shitty as that might kind of sound. Uh, moving on though. So Nikki, which is on the couch, drinking our drinks, watching our shows. What have you been drinking this week? I uh, it's the new year. It's storming as hell out. Uh, we're, I'm in California, so we it's been raining for about two weeks straight. 
it's a flood zone. Yay. Which means I am not making fun tropical cocktails because it's literally lightning outside and I lost uh, power for a while this morning. So instead I went for my classic, oh, it's just a comfort and I'm drinking a nice little Pinot Noir out of my Disney cup. Uh, it is just the Cotillion 2020 Pinot Noir from Trader Joe's. It has like funny little animals doing a square dance on the label. That's how, we, how I recognize it is there's animal square dancing, uh, wearing the masks of other animals. Don't ask me why. It gives me major pagan vibes and I've always enjoyed that. Like this does seem like something from the bitch. And it is also like one of the cheapest Trader Joe's options that are decent. So that's why I'm going to recommend it to everyone. If your Trader Joe's has Cotillion Pinot Noir, pick it up. It's good. It's drinkable. It's a nice Pinot Noir and fully worth it. It is also um, like a mixed county Pinot Noir, but all the counties are good. It's uh, Monterey, Sonoma, and Santa Barbara. Mm, so yeah. all full Fog Coast counties. So perfect for pinot noir yeah exactly cold climate pinot noir i'm telling you man goes hard exactly and i think it's like 12 dollars a bottle like it is so affordable and it's like what if i go to i just need a bottle of red in my house and yeah very pagan very fun highly recommend but uh jade what have you been drinking this evening i went for a nice bubbly mimosa oh yeah well, that's nice it. i still had a bottle of sparkling wine open and it's kind of like and i've got the special like corks for the sparkling wine so it stays longer but like we're kind of at our end zone so it's like shit i gotta drink this and you know perfect time to get through an episode of uh, an okay show <laughs> that I just gave one of those stoppers to my mom for the holidays, like the sparkling wine specific ones that you kind of like spring on to seal Mm -hmm. because she's never had one our entire lives. Like when I tell people like, oh, we opened a bottle of sparkling wine. They're like, oh, do you have those like fun little stoppers? I'm like, no. They're like, what do you do? My entire life, my mom has put a piece of aluminum foil over the bottle of the wine and called it good. Oh, Okay. And she's a monster. So finally this year I got her like one of the stoppers and I was like, your wine will be sparkling for days to come. This will revolutionize. That's funny. Game changer in our lives. Uh, Am I in my twenties? Yes. Did it take us this long to get to this point? Yes. (laughs) I am legitimately surprised and mildly horrified. Yep. Yes, the proper stopper. <laughs> so we're recording this at the very beginning of 2023. By the time that you get to hear this, we're going to be like February 2023. Mm-hmm. Welcome to it. Sorry. We record like a month ahead. <laughs> so if you're already starting out the new year in a bad way, hey, it happens. I completely understand. But suicide is never the answer. If you're so deep dark down, it's not the answer. Seems like it. It's really not. You do have options, though. You can always dial 988. 
that connect you to the suicide hotline, talk to someone there. You can also 24 seven text 741-741 to reach a counseling health hotline. You can also walk into an ER and tell them you're having suicidal ideations and they can certainly get you checked in and talk to someone that way. It's always so difficult to talk about the things when you're so deep dark down, but it does help. And every step counts, even though it doesn't always feel like it. So don't forget that it's not actually the end of the tunnel. It's a new year. Keep it up, man. We believe in you. Woo! Thank you, everyone, for joining us on this episode. If you'd like to hear more from us, you can always follow us on Instagram, where we're also just witches on the couch. Make sure to like, comment, review, subscribe, do whatever you have to do to help other wandering witches help find our podcast. Once again, thank you for joining us on this morning, evening, afternoon, night, whenever you tend to be listening to podcasts these days. We've had a wonderful time. Well, for the most part, given the show. And we will see you all next time. Bye, you guys. Bye.